Welcome, Jim Nance's friends, to chapter 183 of Bob's Fishbowl. I'm Bob. On the show tonight, Mississippi lawmakers are acting like, well, Mississippi lawmakers. Plus, when exactly is that pesky beginning of life and my giant, massive mistake that I made last night? That's when we get to Fishby in just a moment. Fishby still sounds sick to me, so Fishby's cousin, I think, is in. Oh, those tones are so much sweeter. Those tones are so much... But to me, before we get to Fishby's cousin, I guess, there is only one place to begin this evening, and that's the Trump tantrum. What the fuck is going on at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? This is, this is, Trump is melting down before our eyes, like so many different things happened today. First, this had to absolutely infuriate him after getting a poor court ruling yesterday that we discussed. Today, a New York judge, and get this judge's name, you, I checked Twitter. Trump hadn't said anything racist about this judge yet, but his last name is Ramos. Or Ramos. So uh, you can't... Uh, New York Judge Edgardo Ramos. You can uh, project uh, something uh, not very uh, flattering. And let's use the word borderline racist if you're willing to drop the word borderline. But this judge refused to block subpoenas from Congress for Trump's financial records from Deutsche Bank and Capital One. So that was part of Trump's day. And then right before they're going to have this meeting with the Democrats, the leaders of Congress, including Chuck and Nancy at at the White House to talk about infrastructure, Nancy Pelosi gives a press conference at Congress and she calls President Trump, says he accuses him of a cover up, a quote, cover up. And apparently this sends the president into even more than a tizzy than he apparently is always constantly in. And he walks into what's supposed to be the infrastructure meeting. Chuck Schumer showed up with a 30-something page document I heard later in the day. And they didn't get to page one of said document because Trump basically walks in, gets real red in the face, stops, starts swearing like crazy as only our president can, and then storms out. A Trump, he's the president of the United States. His job is to work with people that he doesn't get along with or agree with all the time, and he can't because it's a Trump tantrum. Chuck Schumer says what happened at the White House would make your jaw drop. I doubt it would make my jaw drop. I doubt it would make your jaw drop. I'm pretty sure we can all imagine it. It's nothing new. About what President Trump is doing here. And then he goes out to the Rose Garden after this tirade where he assembles the media and his group of cabinet member and, and assorted other sycophants. But he goes out to the Rose Garden to announce, just to put it on notice, that as long as there are investigations in Congress, he can no longer work with the Democrats. Bill Clinton worked with the Republicans while he was being impeached. And President Trump can't even talk infrastructure in the White House because 
the Democrats, God forbid, they actually do their congressional duty of oversight. God forbid. So just another day in Washington, D.C. Jesus Christo. Let's get to the extra-dimensional fish bee's cousin. The world asked the toughest questions possible, although honestly today if we could go a little light because my head is still hurting from last night, we'll get there. But, uh, and, and then I try to answer them. It's, it's, it's a very straightforward, this, this, is, this is a companion show. This is, uh, this is very simple. Question one. What should we do when Mississippi lawmakers funnel $1.5 million from education to Weight Watchers? I guess we shouldn't be shocked. Mississippi lawmakers are acting like, you know, Mississippi lawmakers. They absolutely shouldn't be funneling any money away from public education. I believe Mississippi consistently ranks, as far as public education scores, like 48th, 49th, or 50th. Mississippi, not a proud legacy of public education before you get to the university level. And any money, any extra dollar that Mississippi has should be going to improve their sewer and septic systems and take care of the ringworm problem that plagues so much of the rural poor in Mississippi. And I get, I get obesity and diabetes, sure. That Mississippi there, always state 48, state 49, or state 50. I get that, but prioritize Mississippi Jesus. Yo, it's me, Fishbee's cousin. Hey, hey, Fishbee's cousin, good for you. When does life officially begin? All right. There's obvi- obviously, there's a, you know, there's a hashtag sex strike going on with Alabama, all, the, all these states, heartbeat laws in Georgia that any, you can't, uh, terminate a pregnancy after after six weeks, which which it just seems crazy to me. I mean that that's the million dollar question and and smart people disagree. There's, there's smart people that, that think life begins at conception. And then over in like the Hindu culture, they don't believe until until the first heir of the earth enters the baby's lungs when baby is born. They they believe that is when life begins to me and i think to most thinking people on this issue i think life begins like the moment the baby is viable outside the womb so what's that like 24 weeks so anything shorter anyway do the math on that it's it's it, it's a very difficult philosophical question i actually uh, i i looked up something something similar because I, I know the heartbeat, like you can test that in six weeks and I have three kids myself and was at every single doctor appointment and there for the birth. And believe me, I've been through the process as much as as much as you can on the on the, on the male end of the equation. I was I was there from farm to table. From farm to table I was there through these uh, through these processes. But 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 I know uh, the heart at six weeks. So I looked up, well, when can you actually detect brain waves in a fetus? When can you detect brain waves in a fetus? And the answer to that, 
was also six weeks, but that's a very loose interpretation, I kind of thought, of brain activity, so. What's the dumbest thing you did last night? Oh, the, the, the dumbest thing last night. Me and, me and my good friend Doug went out for a little while, raised a little hell in this town called Spokangelis, and, 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 and Doug, Doug wanted to go home, and I was still a little hyper, and so, and so I decided to stay out, and, I, and that, that was a good decision. That extra hour, I had, I had a real nice time hanging out with some real nice people, some friends that we've made. And, uh, but, then, but, then, but then I take the Uber home. I'm taking the Uber home because I'm responsible, and I'd like to uh, not be on probation so I can leave the country at my leisure and convenience, and probation sucks. And why, why would you get behind the wheel anyway? Let's be honest. If you don't have to, you don't, right? So I'm taking the Uber home, and then I'm, and then I'm home for like, a half hour, 45 minutes. So like I'm making some food. I wash my face. Then I go to get ready for bed and I go to plug in my phone. So I, so I can listen to some music. I go to plug it and plug it into the speakers. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Where's, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Of course, of course, of course. I, I grabbed every, I, gra- I have my wallet. I grabbed the keys. I grabbed my Marlboro Rojo Cientos. I, gra- I grabbed everything, but I forgot my phone. And thank God that the, the, the MacBook and the find my iPhone thing, but it took like 45 minutes of trying to like get a hold of the Uber driver. And let, anyway, the good news is I got my phone back, but I think we can all agree that leaving your phone in an Uber is stupid. It's not Mississippi lawmaker stupid, but it's, 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 it's stupid. It's stupid. Ah. Uh, Next question. After all the bluster and ridicule, was Tom Steyer right all along? After all the bluster and ridicule, was Tom Steyer right all along? That's an interesting question. I don't think so. I, what do you think? I, I think, Tom, he was, he was premature. If anything, I think Tom Steyer was, was, was wrong because he was so early. He kind of poisoned uh, uh, some of the moderates well in that it gave the impression that no matter what the Mueller report said, no matter what other revelations come out about Donald Trump, that the man should be impeached. The de- that's the conclusion that the Democrats aren't thinking clearly. They're not fr- thinking freely. They already... Th- they're, they already have the answer. Now they're just looking for the steps to get there. And I think that is a bad look. So no, Tom Steyer wasn't right all along. If anything, continues to backfire. Are you for or against nuclear power? Well, let me have a sip of my gentleman Jack. Cheers, everyone. And I'll, uh, first one of the night. Second sip of the night. It's delicious. Um, uh, for or against nuclear power? This is tough. As we, as we go forward with, with this constant quest to wean ourselves off fossil fuels, especially fucking coal. We have got to get away from coal. Nuclear power, in theory, in theory, is it, clean, right? But 
at what cost? I mean, is anyone else watching Chernobyl on HBO? This is, I mean, the odds of something going wrong are minuscule, but the chance that it does, I don't think it's worth it. And we're creating something that's going to live on the earth for what, like a hundred thousand years? Like what's the half-life of uranium? I don't, uh, I, I, I guess it's not the, like it's better than coal to me, but I hope that in the next decade between uh, uh, being able to to harness uh, ocean tides for energy and more windmills and more solar and we, just we continue to get smart and our grids get smarter and we just continue to improve. I would much prefer to go down that route before we start making more nuclear power plants. We have a huge one here in Washington State. We have Grand Coulee Dam and 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 it's 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 right by Hanford. And that's actually where they made the, uh, it's for uh, dropping the bombs on Japan in, uh, in World War II. Why I chose to include that, I'm not sure. Let's, uh, let's move on. Maybe, maybe it's that second sip of Gentleman Jack. I'm really paying the price already. Next question. Who's the least informed host on Fox News? This is the, who's the least informed I don't, I don't like that question. I have an answer. I, I have an answer in my mind. And did someone that, that we've mocked before, I don't feel like doing it. I, I feel like being a positive person and I don't want to put positive things out into the world. So let's, let's reverse the question. So who's the most informed host on Fox News? I like, uh, I like Judge Knapp. I think most people like Judge Napolitano. I think most people like him quite a bit. And then, and and then, and then, obviously, there's Chris Wallace, uh, Shep. I don't, I don't really got, uh, much care for uh, watching his show, but but he does a good job. I'm told Brett Baer do, does a good job. There's a there's plenty of people on Fox News that are very well. Maybe plenty is the wrong word, but there's a handful of people on Fox News that are informed. That's for sure. Dear Uncle Bob, what's the hardest part of hosting a daily podcast? What's the what's the hardest part of hosting a daily podcast? Um I mean, it's 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 truly a joy to host it and and it's a, it, it's a, it's a great creative endeavor and, and the fact that people actually like it and enjoy it and 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 care what we have to say about things is is uh, is 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 quite nice, obviously, but doing a show by yourself, which is really like farm to table, almost by myself, the 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 solitude of it, because creatively, I really enjoy collaboration. I enjoy building on other people's ideas and going back and forth and seeing how good we can make something and living in the moment. And you have someone else to push your brain into a space you didn't expect to be, and you're having an original thought, you're doing your best self, that, that's the hardest, is the solitude of just, of, of just so many like notebook hours every day, compared that to all the different just, just, just resources, just, just the show prep that, that, that goes into it, and knowing that you're, that you're in it alone. But as we've discussed before, the bright side of being in it alone is no one can ever take it away from me, so... 
Last question, as always, belongs to our nine-year-old executive producer, Isaiah the Tiny Player. And Isaiah writes this evening, if you only had one hour left to live, what would you do? If you only had one hour left to live, what would you do? I would, um, I would, I would, I would hug my kids, hopefully. But let me tell you the answer that uh, my after after uh, he gave me this question tonight, uh, we were FaceTiming, and then and then he gave me that. I'm like, what would you do if you only had one hour? And his answer was actually pretty good. He's starting to develop a, a pretty a pretty good sense of humor. He goes, uh, I would. Uh, I would go to school. Like, what, what, why would you go to school? You only have one hour. He's like, because school lasts forever. Not a bad joke. I mean, it's not like, it's not the best joke ever, but for a nine-year-old, like, that's not bad. That's not bad. I appreciated that. You like that one, Fish Beast Cousin? Fish Beast Cousin liked it too. All right, it's... It's almost time for Paletta Bola de Fuego. Excuse me for just a moment. All right. Sorry, I had to wet the whistle. This takes a lot of energy. Now, Paletta Bola de Fuego. All right, Valerie Plame. Remember her? She was uh, the, 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 uh, the, the CIA operative that was outed by members of the Bush administration, that whole Scooter Libby thing. Valerie Plame is running for Congress in New Mexico. That's cool. PTI, congratulations, one of my favorite shows ever on ESPN, been on the air for 17 years, uh, for winning their third sports Emmy a couple days ago. Congratulations to Tony, Mike, the whole gang. Dress Barn is closing all their stores. Fuck, where am I, where am I, where am I going to get a dress that's also a barn? And Bravo has announced BravoCon. I don't know exactly where it's going to be, but if you love Bravo, you love Andy Cohen, you love Vanderpump Rules, you love the real housewives, oh, it's going to be fun. Bravo has announced BravoCon. And uh, yeah, I was going to give a shout out to me for, for how many uh, emails I've managed to, un, un, unanswered emails I've managed to acquire on my phone. You know how I have this thing with numbers? Currently on my phone. Seven, I, and this is the number I've been gunning for. And you'll understand why it takes a while to get to this many unanswered emails, unopened. 17,321. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. All right. Um, chapter 184. It'll it'll probably happen tomorrow. It's dollar beer night. It it, it it might not. It might not. But I let, let's hope that it does. Uh, in the meantime, uh, be safe. You know I love you. Life is short. Be good to each other. If we only have an hour left enough to live, let's all go to a school because it takes forever. Till mañana. Adios, amigos. <laughs>